You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Tonight on The Destiny Show, we are excited to welcome a legend in the Destiny 2 community. He is an unsung hero you may not know about, but undoubtedly you've been using his bot that helps all of our guardians navigate through the Destiny 2 lost sector spaces just a little bit easier. He is the founder of Destiny 2 Lost Sector Report, a bot that keeps you informed about everything Destiny 2 Lost Sectors. We're so excited to welcome Cliff on the show to learn about his Destiny 2 community journey and so much more. Cliff, how are you tonight? I'm very well, thank you. Very well. It's been a, a fairly relaxing Saturday. I spent a little bit of time earlier kind of preparing for this and kind of writing up some notes so I didn't forget to mention any of our team and offend anyone. Uh, but it's, it's, been a, it's been a pretty, pretty chill day. It's, it's a nice kind of weekends are a nice kind of family time for us at the moment. Our, our little girl, she's kind of five, so she starts school in a couple of weeks. So it's, yeah, we, we're kind of trying to get those, those chill times in before we go through the whole school drama. That's that. That's exciting. I I remember when my kids started school, and it's it's a fun time. And now, one just went into sixth grade middle school, and one just started high school. And I'm like, wait a second, you just you just started elementary school. Why are you going into high school? Yeah, yeah, I recognize that. Yeah, I mean, uh, congratulations for surviving that long. But yeah, <laughs> I, I recognize that. Yeah. Uh, kind of it was only this time last year where she started reception. Um, I don't know if kind of American schools have a similar kind of thing, but um, they almost have like a, a year at the very start before they start school proper, and it's kind of mm-hmm. transitioned from nursery into the school framework. Um, and that only seems like like five minutes ago. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, we we have something similar. That's um, they do like pre K, which is like pre kindergarten, that helps build that routine of what you're going to do and then they start kindergarten and go through everything here cool time really flies when uh when especially when you have kids and they grow up and they grow in front of your eyes so quickly so definitely i don't know specifically because i don't have kids but i do have a dog so I have got a chance to watch him grow very quickly. Within a year, he was just from like this tiny little thing to being this fluffy little 11 pound (laughs) monster slash beast. Great, great dog. But Guardians, we are not here to talk about my dog tonight. We are here to meet Quiv and invite him on the hot seat for our discussion with the Guardians. Quiv, I hope you're ready. Oh, I'm as ready as I'll ever be. I've had a, I've had a beer. <laughs> My tongue is loose, so let's go. There we go. Awesome, awesome. Love that. Wrong. So, Quiff, first question: How'd you get started in Destiny? What was your first day like in the Destiny 
game? Um, well, I'm a I'm a D1 beta player. Um, I'd so when I was younger, I did a lot of gaming, um, but I kind of got out of it. And then uh, my my girlfriend, we'd been together for a little while at the time, and she was at uni. She was doing a doctorate, and she, she moved in with me so that because like, there's a lot of work goes into a doctorate, a lot of thesis writing and research and stuff. So she moved into my apartment, um, spent a lot of time doing that. And I had an Xbox. So while she was kind of sat at the back of our um, our kind of living room, working away on a paper, I was just playing the Xbox. And I think I've been playing something like Mass Effect, maybe a bit of Assassin's Creed, you know, like the sort of the, the AAAs of the day on a 360. Um, and there was an advert on TV for Destiny, and it was the um, it was the live action kind of one on the moon with the Led Zepp soundtrack. <laughs> I mean, my ears pricked up when I heard that Led Zepp tune because I'm a big fan of Led Zepp. And I just watched this thing, and it was just like, you know, when you see something and you think that's a life changing moment. And I, that, I just needed to know what that was. It looked so cool. It was amazing. I was under no illusions that the game would actually look like that. But the whole tone, the atmosphere, the kind of slightly tongue-in-cheek uh, humour going on with it, the slightly over-the-top kind of vibe of it, I just, I, 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 it looked amazing. It, sound, it, it sounded like it was going to be amazing. So I kind of checked it out, and I got the, um, I got the beta on 360. Uh, and that allowed you to play, I think, up until something like Guardian level 7, power level 7, yeah. light level 7, whatever yeah, it was. Like that. Um, and I was hooked. I was absolutely hooked. And um, it was coming up to my birthday, and my girlfriend said, you know, in acknowledgement of how supportive I was of her doing the thesis and how much time I was spending on the, the Xbox, she said, oh, I'll buy you a, a, an Xbox One. So I got the Xbox One, I kind of got the de- got Destiny on the Xbox One, and it just all, you know, no looking back, really. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the original Xbox One, correct? The OG? Yeah, 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 yeah. The, big, the big black plastic thing with spinning discs and blowing out a lot of hot air. <laughs> I think I've still got that on the desk. Did you ever get the Red Ring of Death? I didn't, I didn't, um, I was looking that, I, I knew a couple of friends on the 360s who, who did, uh, but I, I managed to avoid that one. I don't know what they did, I don't know, was it a heat thing, or was it just a... Yeah, it was a, they built it weird and they would get too hot, and there was a piece inside that would separate, so uh, that was okay. what was causing it. Yeah, I managed to swerve that, unfortunately. I can't believe we're now almost mid midway through the quote unquote next gen consoles that are now not so next gen, but um, time really flies with consoles and all the different systems that we had a chance to play through. And now uh, I'm on PC, so it's been such a great experience to get my gaming and glorious frames with 144 or like 165 sometimes depending on where we're at ah you're just showing off now uh, (laughs) no a little bit a little bit sometimes so i'm curious where do you game where do you play destiny what platform are you on these days uh, these days i'm on pc i okay i I was xbox for the longest time um, and then i think about 
I want to say maybe two, two and a half years ago, I caved and bought a PC. I bought um, I bought a Series X and played it, and it was kind of fun, it was cool, and it kind of had the, all the good frame rates and the field of view and all that kind of good stuff. But I was finding more and more that I was playing with people um, on other platforms and kind of having Discord chats, because this was obviously before Microsoft enable discord integration with xbox and it was just really really difficult playing with uh, a lot of people on pc um so i i kind of caved and bought myself a, a gaming pc so i've been on steam for like maybe two two and a half years now i think love that yeah i remember when i started on pc that was right when destiny 2 was first announced for pc and that was kind of like my first experience and man it was such a big transition going from like 30 frames to 144 (laughs) such a such treat although it ruined my gaming for me i'm not gonna lie because going back to xbox it was like almost impossible to do after you've been (laughs) playing on pc even for a little bit you know it's it's so difficult to readjust to the new frames so definitely exciting to see where the future takes us especially with protus end finally after all these years such a exciting time to finally get to play the old new raid (laughs) that's what we're gonna call it here um so quiff i'm curious how did Destiny 2 Lost Sector Report get started? How did you guys get your start as a bot that covers everything Lost Sectors so, so well? Oh, I mean, the, the initial idea, it came from our clan. Um, and I've always been um, one of those people that's kind of, my, like my girlfriend says, it like terminally online. Um, so I'm always online, I'm always around doing something. I work in the internet industry, so it's kind of, I'm never more than like two minutes away from Twitter or X or whatever they insist on calling it this week. Um, so I, I'm always around that stuff. And there was some, there was the question that kept coming up in my clan uh, was like, oh, what's today's lost sector? What's today's lost sector? And I kind of had a little look and I found it and I'd reply. And I just thought, you know what? If I automate this, I save myself some work. Uh, but I can also kind of share that with uh, a wider audience so I can answer that question for everybody, even the folks outside our clan. So I created a Twitter account, um, kind of did a bit of digging, worked out that actually there was um, a sequence to the lost sectors, the kind of the loop through a pattern. And I thought, okay, I can automate this. Um, yeah, so I, in the true tradition of startups, I totally kind of faked it till I made it. Um, so I didn't have the technical prowess to actually write a bot that could automate the whole thing for me. So I created the Google spreadsheet, tracked the the rotations, kind of put all the details in, and then I used a, a service called Buffer, buffer.com, which is like a, a social media kind of aggregating kind of tool, and it allows you to queue up tweets in advance. Uh, so using the free version of, of the, the package, um, it allows you to queue up 10 days in advance. So I, I would literally go on and I would queue up 10 days worth of tweets. And then after about nine days, I'd go on and I'd queue on. I'd queue up another kind of nine or 10 days, however much they'd allow. And I kind of ran on like this kind of 10 
day cycle of constantly just like queuing up and typing in these tweets. Um, so it's kind of wild. The there were a few bits where it sort of fell apart in the early days when, um, like, if I was on holiday and I kind of couldn't get to a PC, um, and at, the, at that point it was just me doing it as well, and it, it kind of. I've always wanted it to look quite professional in the way we deliver things. You know, I, I don't like it when kind of things about our service go wrong, um, and that kind of really, uh, really annoyed me. That I kind of, so I started asking around, and I realised that one of my good friends. Um, is a um, JavaScript React developer. So we got chatting and uh, I kind of asked for a couple of favors. And he basically wrote a bot which would look at my Google spreadsheet at a set time on uh, every day and assemble a piece of a string of text essentially in a certain format using the information in that spreadsheet. And then it would tweet it out at um, so it's, uh, it's kind of 5 or 6 p.m. at basically reset time. Um, so he kind of wrote that first bot for me. Um, so he's kind of like the co-founder. It's really funny because he doesn't even play Destiny. Um, so he's not really part of the the team as such, but he kind of wrote that bot and he still kind of maintains it. And um, as new services, uh, new kind of social media kind of springs up, um, like the whole kind of Twitter X thing suddenly hive happened and then threads was a thing and Blue Sky kind of opened up their invites. But the way he wrote, our bot originally means it's really, really modular and it was really easy to integrate with these extra services. So we've been able to get onto threads and get onto Blue Sky and uh, pretty quick, pretty quickly. Uh, can't get onto Hive yet, they don't have an API. Uh, but yeah, we every time there's a new channel, like he, he asked me the other day if I wanted to uh, integrate with Tumblr. And like the, the first thing I did was go and check that Tumblr was still a thing. Um, <laughs> But <laughs> apparently it is. Apparently it had a little renaissance when uh, when Elon started doing his, quote, magic, quote, the Twitter. Uh, but yeah, so it's kind of snowballed from there, really. But yeah, it was very much uh, smoke and mirrors to start with. It was kind of me, a Google spreadsheet and uh, a, free, a free web tool to schedule things. That is so interesting because I, I never would have imagined that you guys started out with a social scheduling tool because like we yeah. use a social scheduling tool also for <laughs> a lot of our posting i i don't stay online all day every day but um it's it's really cool how you were able to bootstrap the project and to create such a lively community around lost sectors so like i'm curious when you were getting started were you there like at noon or one o'clock to just like figure out what is the new lost sector and then quickly post and once a week get that out at the very start yeah um before i realized there was a sequence um because i think um today and destiny have a calendar but before i kind of realized any of that was a thing I, i'm not gonna lie i didn't really do any kind of due diligence on this i didn't like look around or uh, see if anybody else is doing the same thing it was like I know some people who would benefit from this, so I'll start it and I'll kind of worry about that later. So yeah, I used to log in um, every day, reset, put it in the spreadsheet, tweet it out, kind of. But then once once I once I realised there was a schedule that made things a little bit easier, a little bit less onerous to, to to queue up to a point. Yeah, the funniest bit though was I think we'd not been going very long, and a a couple of 
a couple of, like the big kind of content creator kind of Twitter accounts, um, uh, D1 Alphabet and Ascendant Nomad or Nomad, he kind of he's called these days, isn't he? But uh, Nomad and Alphabet retweeted one of our tweets on the same day, and literally we went from like about two hundred followers to about I think ten thousand in the space of twenty four hours. Oh my god! It's, it's, yeah, yeah, those two guys absolutely kickstart the whole thing for us it's crazy i it was um it was i think if i remember rightly it was a saturday morning when they when they like in uk time when they retweeted they both retweeted in quite a close kind of interval to each other and uh i was out at the park with with my girlfriend and our little one and my phone was you know the you know the memes about when something goes viral and like there's a, a meme of somebody's screen of just like notifications just whizzing past my phone was like that it was insane my, it was just melting with retweets and follows and retweets it was just absolutely crazy it was i, I kept like every five minutes i'd be pulling it out and kind of going look, look, look at my phone my girlfriend would be like what good lord what now <laughs> it was just it was kind of wild it was just it was yeah it was a little bit unbelievable it was amazing but yeah those two guys i owe pretty much all of that too they 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 kick-started i don't know how word of mouth would have worked how quickly we would have spread or become viral if those two hadn't have kind of jumped on and retweeted it but yeah i've spoken to nomad a little bit since but we haven't really had a chance to to chat about that particular thing but if he if he does come across this podcast i'm gonna say thank you so much (laughs) (laughs) that is so so awesome and just wild to I, I can't even imagine growing from like zero to 10,000 in one day. That's, that's gotta be an experience. I bet you probably lost a lot of battery life on your phone that, that day. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. My phone, I mean, I carried my phone in my pocket and it was, it was almost on fire. It was so hot. Just, <laughs> I kind of, I, I couldn't get to, there was a point where I was trying to turn off the notifications and I couldn't actually get to the screen because of all the notifications on the screen, I couldn't get to the right bit of UI because it was just, <laughs> it was ridiculous. I kind of, in hindsight, I I wish I'd have kind of almost like recorded that thing because it, it, yeah, it was quite a moment. <laughs> yeah, that would have been crazy to see. That's, that's pretty awesome. That's so awesome to hear that, you know, you were able to bootstrap this project pretty much overnight because of community support and people who were there to give you that love, but also to bootstrap it from like, we're just going to use a social scheduling tool because I know Buffer, I've used Buffer. But to go from that to building out this whole bot, that's that's so interesting how you guys were able to bring that to life. And um, I'm curious on the topic of your Discord bot, how was the process like to build out a bot for Destiny 2 Lost Sector Report? How long did it take? And what was your involvement in that? Um, yeah, 
Uh, that was an interesting one. So I suppose um, <laughs> there's a pattern you'll notice throughout this session is that I kind of stand on the shoulders of uh, some very talented, I don't say giants, I've never met them in real life, I don't know how tall they are, but some very talented <laughs> people. Um, there's a, uh, a guy called Moons, he wrote Felicity Bot, I don't know if you come across that one. Um, more recently, he's been working with the guys who do D2 Checkpoint as well, he kind of helps maintain some of their Checkpoint bots, uh, some of the yeah, they kind of uh, the kind of automated guardians that you can join. Uh, but yeah, I I knew of Felicity, and I really liked how it worked. Uh, and I I can't remember exactly how it worked, but I found myself chatting to Moons, and I kind of said, "Yo, I think I'd like to get something in Discord." Because by this point, we'd had a, we'd got a Discord community. I think we we set up the Discord server on more or less our first anniversary, like after twelve months. Um, and I thought I, I'd kind of really like this stuff to be automated. At first, I was just using um, just like uh, one of the bots that kind of posts tweets into a thread. But I thought oh, we could do more than this. We could, you know, the the real time, like the the scheduled updates, are one thing. But I'd like to do something that's actually a little bit more interactive, so people can query it in real time and find out when the last sector is whenever they want to. Um, so I asked Moons if he'd be interested in helping do this because I kind of liked his work on Felicity and he said that I, I mean I might be I might be misquoting but in, in my recollection of this now um, was that he was looking at adding something similar to Felicity anyway um, so I kind of said like would you be interested in building me a standalone kind of separate bot outside of Felicity that, that does that kind of stuff um, and he was like yeah sure go for it let's let's because like I, I kind of get the vibe he's one of those one of those guys who just kind of loves a project. Um, he's not, kind of not happy unless he's beavering away on some kind of code. Um, and I think I rocked up the project for him uh, at just the right time. So yeah, so he he built that. We kind of worked together on it. I helped with some of the design. I, I say helped. It was more in that kind of tradition of uh, like a small child holding the dad's kind of hammer while the dad's building something. <laughs> and they're kind of they're going like, I'm helping, daddy. It's kind of a little bit yeah. like that, I'm not going to lie. Um, but yeah, so he, he built that for us and kind of maintains all that kind of side of it. We we work together on um, adding new features and thinking about improvements to it. And the um, the start of a new season is always a little bit chaotic for for everybody involved because that that schedule that we built up, that kind of uh, spreadsheet essentially, where we know the whole season's kind of rotation, all that goes out the window on the first day of a new season and you have to kind of start again. So you're back to logging in a daily reset, finding the lost sector, kind of screen grabbing that, putting it to Photoshop, flying in, checking the modifiers and stuff like that. Some of the some of the details are available through the API, uh, but not all. And you still kind of have to verify because there's been a few instances where the, what the API says and what the UI in-game says is a little bit different. Um, so we sort of have to verify all of that. But yeah, so kind of moons did the um, the Discord bot kind of maintains that for us. Um, and then I suppose there's a a most recent addition to the team is a is a guy called Max. So I don't know if you noticed recently, but we've got a new website. So Max had been the uh, the guy's a genius. Like he he'd been writing this website called Lost Sector Report as a totally separate. Uh, project aside from anything we were doing and 
and I didn't realize, uh, and then I think it was Moons that found him through a mutual kind of friend of theirs, and he kind of showed me the website, and I was like, holy hell, that's like, that's exactly what I would want our website to be. It's in that kind of tradition of raid report, trials report, dungeon report, and those kind of things. Um, it shows you your, your own stats as well as a schedule, and it kind of does all that really cool stuff. I just thought I wouldn't even know where to begin building that website. So uh, I had a chat to Max. I asked him if he'd be interested in kind of coming on board, being becoming part of the team, and letting us kind of um, work together to to build on his his website, his baby, and kind of co-opt it. And kudos to him. Yeah, he's 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 been amazing. Like the the thing he's built is like incredible. I don't know if you guys have used it, but it's it's beautiful. It's so slick. I'm so so impressed. Yeah, so I suppose I've just been very lucky to know or kind of meet some very, very talented people to help build this stuff. But kind of when anybody says, kind of, what's what's my role in it? I, I, like, I think like you said founder earlier, which sounds very grand. I'm not entirely convinced about that one. But, um, but I kind of like, I like, like sort of, I don't know, I'm, I'm more like a, a creative director in that I kind of stand around and I kind of point at stuff that other people are working on going, can we do, can we do it like that? And so far, I've been really lucky because they've all said yes, and nobody's like kind of stormed out on me. So, yeah, it, it, <laughs> that kind of works. Kind of works. That's that's so fascinating that you were able to not only get the bot up, but like you were able to collaborate with other people in the community to get that website integrated with what you guys were doing and. It is such a slick website. Definitely, Guardians. Make sure to check that out. And what is the URL so that our listeners can join and uh, check that out? Yeah, it's uh, lostsector.report. And it's it's been around for a little while, um, although Max did a fairly substantial kind of overhaul of it uh, a couple of months ago. Um, once we'd started talking about kind of like 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 him coming on board into the team, um, he said like, oh, I'm actually in the middle of doing quite a little refactor of it and a little bit of rework. Um, so we kind of hung fire on announcing it until he'd got it to a point where he was happy with this this new iteration of it. Um, so yeah, we kind of announced that like a few, I think it's a couple of weeks ago, maybe a few weeks ago now. So you mentioned you guys have a whole team. So like how many people are on your team? What does that even look like to bring this whole project to life? <laughs> Uh, so this is the bit where I just consult my uh, my notes so that I don't miss anyone out. So there's myself, there's uh, Anch, who I've just noticed is posted in your chat. <laughs> Anch is our graphic designer. He does our logos and kind of mastheads and banners. And um, I'm kind of like a, a enthusiastic amateur when it kind of comes to Illustrator and Photoshop, whereas Anch is... He, he kind of stops me doing stupid stuff. Basically, um, he's, he, he designs all our all our artwork and our branding and things like that. Uh, and then we've got a so yeah, we've got Max, we've got Moons, we've got my friend Husek who develops the uh, Twitter kind of um, Twitter bot. It feels reductive to call it a Twitter bot because it's also supposed to Instagram Threads and Blue Sky now, but Twitter bot's like handy shorthand. Um, so yeah, we've got those guys, and then we've got um, Legionless. Uh, Colin, I don't know. I, you guys must know him. He's a yeah, yeah. He he was he kind of he found us on Twitter quite early on as well. And whenever we tweeted about 
the daily law sector, he would tweet with some lowdown, some build advice, and maybe some videos of sort of trial runs and stuff like that. Um, and he kind of very quickly became our kind of trusted advisor on on law sector stuff. Um, so he kind of joined joined the team in a sort of an informal basis pretty early on, and then he's kind of always just been around. Now he's now he's like one of our community mods within Discord. Uh, likewise, we've got a a guy called Nerfs, who's one of our community mods on Discord, and then uh, we've got a we've got Mod Sherpa. Um, so when I was starting to put together the Discord, I asked a few people, a few kind of content creators I knew who had discords and kind of asked for advice on moderation and and i was chatting to danfinity and he said like one of my mods mod sherpa is amazing like go speak to him so i asked mod and he was really kind he said you know i don't know how much time i can commit up front but happy to help out but he's been kind of one of our kind of mainstays he's like our kind of rock who's done this shit a million times um so yeah so mods kind of like so i I kind of call um, nerfs mod and and legionless. I call them more like spiritual advisors, um, but they're basically kind of like, like sounding boards for ideas and tell me that I'm being an idiot or something I've got in mind is stupid or or great because that does happen occasionally apparently. Um, so yeah, so there's kind of I think there's what I think there's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of us in total by all accounts. Although only seven of us you'll ever really see around because like I say the guy who did our Twitter bot doesn't doesn't play the game I keep trying to get him into it but he's got other games to play yeah and you know I can I can very much relate to the experience that you're having because when I decided you know we're just going to turn this little discord into something a little bit more and that happened actually at the start of this year it was back in February when I decided, you know, Lightfall's coming out. We have so many cool things on the horizon. We're doing the podcast, and it just felt like it was the right time to really try to make this community something a little bit more meaningful. Because, like, we started out with maybe two hundred people that weren't really there. I mean, most of the guests that we invited on the podcast, and I had the same thing where it's like. I wanted to learn how do we build this into something a little bit more meaningful and special and how do we learn about discord and and team building and it was pretty much me and my co-host at that time you know we we had uh arizona shout outs to one of our awesome awesome admins on the team and then cold death actually joined us uh not too long after that so it was really really cool to learn from so many people on, you know, how do you build this? How do you make clans? Because I thought, you know, we we thought we were just going to fill one clan up and that was where it was going to end. But we didn't realize that before we knew it, like overnight, hundreds of people were knocking at the door wanting to join the clan. And I'm the kind of person that I have a really difficult time saying no to people. So like, if you want to join, I, I don't want to turn people away. So I ended up asking for advice in the community and, and a few of the larger clan admins, they reached back out and they were like, Hey, so you're going to have to just create new accounts. (laughs) So I can't begin to explain how many new light missions I had to play to make all these clans to accommodate all of our clan rosters and then figuring out how do I add that into discord and 
Luckily, we have the amazing Charlemagne, the Warmind, running yeah. things in the background. So it's been such an awesome experience to, you know, learn and to to build something around this game that we've been playing for such a long time. Yeah, I, I kind of watched what you guys were doing with the clans, and I was kind of slightly in awe of of the scale of that endeavor. It's just <laughs> that's crazy because kind of we like a few people over the last kind of couple of years have asked us about a clan um, and sort of the logistics of it. It's kind of like, yeah, okay, I've, I, I mean, I'm in a clan. I'm a, a, one of the admins of that clan. I'm not the founder. I'm one of the admins of that clan. So I know a little bit about what's involved in just keeping that thing ticking over. And that's just one clan. Um, looking at what you guys do about, um, like kind of a Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, like 10, 11 or something you up to. That's crazy. I begin to imagine the amount of admin and just how the, the amount of multitasking going on. So I, when we were thinking about ours, um, I mean, I, 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 I had no intention of leaving my clan, so I didn't, I didn't want to, to have to be an admin in a new one, even though it would be a really nice kind of piece of branding. <laughs> um, so I like 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 you. I kind of created a, a free to play account, kind of played through the new light, created a clan for that. Um, but it's kind of sat there with one memory. I don't think for a second it would scale to the size of yours, but even if it was just one single clan with kind of like 60, 70, 80, whatever people, just. The, the poor person that would have to maintain all that. I, I envy that. Sorry, I, I fear for the sanity. So yeah, so kind of we we've wondered out about the idea of a clan, but it's never quite kicked it off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can tell you, we're still learning every day. You know, we're we're breaking stuff, fixing stuff, making mistakes, learning, um, growing our team. You know, trying to build a community that is built around this game and friendship and to inspire people to play the game, to enjoy, make friends, and to also find people to play with. Because like for me, the idea behind our clan was to create a space that isn't just some LFG where it's like, know what to do or you're getting kicked. And I wanted to create a space that was more safe for players who may not know how to do something, but they come in, they learn, and then they become a Sherpa and they become a member of the community who can inspire future kindergartens, as we call them, to be better, to build a community around this game that we really love. We've been playing for now almost a decade. It's hard to believe that we've been here for 10 years almost. And uh, it's it's so great for everything to come full circle with everything that we'll be playing in the final shape, 10 years of destiny. I mean, who knew we would have gotten here from that day when we were playing the beta when they just opened up the moon on that one sunday and uh man it's it's been a journey for sure yeah absolutely absolutely so quiff i'm curious are you a hunter main are you a warlock main or are you a titan main or maybe a little bit of both um I suppose you'd probably look at my play stats and say I was a Warlock main. Um, I play all three. I I tend to play whichever character I feel will best suit a specific activity. If the activity demands that. If it doesn't, if it's just something casual, 
I tend to gravitate naturally towards Warlock. So I guess you'd probably say I'm a Warlock main. They're the, I think if you're looking um, dim, my Warlock is the one I've got the most builds kind of set up for. So yeah, I'm kind of Warlock main. Just about. They each have their strengths. They're all good for different things. The only thing I can't I can't do is a, a Titan jump. I hate Titan <laughs> jumping. Just oh I'm, man, I'm with you. That's me with that's me with Warlock. I can't Warlock jump for anything. I, I just just like, double spam the button, and... and you've got about a week to work out what you're doing next. You just float forever. <laughs> just glide, just glide, and yeah, let exactly. it let it you. You'll feel it, especially during mm-hmm. that presage mission. It's a great great time to. Mm-hmm. Unleash your inner warlock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that presage. I can relate. So, like, I've been a warlock for a while, although my origins come as a hunter. I've always been a hunter main, but then when, when they killed Cade, I was so sad. And I, I had to make some changes because it was just too hard for me to deal with that. So, you know, I tried warlock and I started doing it and got my. Um, healing rift together so I can help everybody stay alive and get through stuff a little bit easier. And um, I kind of stuck with Warlock for a while. It's been a couple of years now that I've been playing Warlock. Although I will say, Season of the Witch, guess what? The Hunter is back. Cade 6 is returning. So I'm, I'm getting back to my Hunter roots. So definitely something I'm uh, definitely playing a little bit more of in the new season and hopefully seasons beyond have you tried the new hunter gloves yet i got a pair last night and um i i haven't had a chance I to just get them yet, but i was looking at some builds and they, they look pretty wild yeah so i just got them but i haven't really had a chance to play through too much um we were playing some presage missions and trying to get our good good some some exotic dead man tales with red borders so that was really fun to do and shout outs to our clan for uh running with me as i learned how to do the encounters again after all this time uh but that was a lot of fun to to do but i haven't had a whole lot of time to experiment with the new exotics i did get all of them and uh, there is uh vex incursions that occur occasionally throughout the day and if you get a chance to yeah. get in on it, <laughs> uh, you can get the good, good, and get the exotics that are from the Witch Queen. The Witch Queen, wow. Uh, Season of the Witch, excuse me. So definitely um, exciting to to check those out. And Cold Death, what about you, my friend? What, what have you been playing lately in Destiny? What's What's your main these days? Mm-hmm. I am and always will be a Titan main. If if you look at my stats, it's always 98% Titan with 1% in the others because I log in long enough to get all the ornaments and stuff through the season pass and the armor. And that's and that's pretty much it. I Titan Titan main for life. That's what Love I did that. in in the beta. That was the one that I created and kind of just stuck with it. I played as a hunter main for a little bit um right before shadow keep came out and then i decided when they said that with shadow keep every like all your armor and weapons would be bumped up to base light when they did that the first time uh, i'm like okay now it's it's time to get back to to titan roots 
love that. Well, you'll you'll have to teach me how to get good with my Titan because I'm <laughs> definitely gonna have to do some practice. Uh, especially, I got the new exotic for the for the Titan, although I haven't had a chance to check it out and play. Um, now, ha- have you guys gotten the exotics from Season of the Witch yet? I haven't got yes. the Titan arms yet. No. So we. With the last um, Bungie Foundation uh, charity drive, we had a, a goal for if we raised 3K, we would stream Lost Sector Runs for one hour every day for the whole of the season. <laughs> I mean, that, that didn't feel that much. I mean, Jesus, I regret it now. But, <laughs> but um, what, what I didn't realize is the amount of prep that goes into that one hour and then the amount of kind of wash up after that one hour. I mean, you guys must have a similar thing with this, with the podcast, but you don't just turn your PC on, press go for an hour and then turn it off again. Um, but yeah, so I was, the, 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 the short version is I was playing the Lost Sectors. I, did, I gave a little test last night on the Warlock and got the gloves, I think, on the second or third run. It was pretty good RNG. And then I did the Hunter and Titan on stream and got them. I think the Titan was maybe third or fourth run, Hunter maybe second. So, yeah, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. I think they, um, when they increased the drop rates last season, I didn't really feel that. I didn't notice that, but... I kind of been feeling it this season. It didn't feel too onerous, too scary. So that's I got to I got I have respect for you because you didn't take the easy way out and waited for the Vex incursions to occur to get your bread. You you did the lost sectors in true spirit of being destiny to lost sector report. So <laughs> respect for that. I mean, well, yeah, I I knew I had to do the stream. Anyway, so I figured I'd just see two birds with one stone. Um, and I had spent, okay, full disclosure, I did spend most of the day sat in orbit waiting for a Vex incursion, couldn't find one. So, <laughs> last sectors were like my last resort. So now I gotta ask, why lost sectors? Like, why was that the thing that you decided to really focus on as you were building your empire as the destiny to lost sector report? Um, so partly, I suppose, it goes back to the original question of how I got started when um, it was just a question that came up in, in our kind of clans chat. There was obviously a uh, a gap there. There was like an information need. And I've always liked kind of having these little kind of hobbies and these little just tinker around with ideas. Um, so I was looking for something I could do from a kind of a... Because, you know, destiny is my my thing, my, myself, my first love as it were. Um, so I was looking for it to combine this thing that I love so much with my love of just tinkering and playing around with ideas. And uh, a couple of years ago, I, it might even be more than a couple of years now, I tried to, well, I started writing an Alexa skill. Apologies if that's just woken up anybody's devices, by the way, I should, I should, should learn that. <laughs> um, I'd... I was I was working with smart speakers at the time, so I was kind of kind of knee deep in Amazon smart speaker stuff, and I thought actually, you know what, you could write a basic uh, 
Amazon smart speaker skill to to do weapons transfers. So I started kind of building a framework for it. But then I realized pretty quickly that um, it just wasn't practical because the weapons in Destiny, A, they have preposterous names. So like uh, certainly some of the King's Fall guns and things like that. Uh, um, the, the smart speakers, they try to turn every sound they hear into a dictionary word. And then they work, they work out what to do next with that dictionary word. So trying to get a smart speaker to understand some of those crazy King's Fall gun names like Uriuths, whatever it is, I don't know. Um, it was a non-star. So I kind of bailed on that one. And I just, I didn't like having to, to, to not do that. Um, so, but I kind of sat with the idea of, I just want to do a thing. I want to do something. So I, as I started kind of looking around, like most, you know, there's a... There's a million really cool um, Destiny kind of third-party apps and websites and stuff like that. You've got Today in Destiny, Charlemagne, Bim, um, D2 Armor Picker. There's there's so many of them, and they're all incredible. And I was like, I, I don't have the talent to write something as good as these established things. Mm. But there's a gap there for lost sectors. Nobody's really talking about these lost sectors, and they they change every day. So there's a there's an information need that, that kind of people are going to have every day for that. And it it felt like a possible kind of gap in the market. That makes it sound really businessy and kind of it wasn't it wasn't that orchestrated. But it I just felt that yeah, lost sectors were probably a thing I could latch onto because nobody else was, and everybody will have to check every day. So repeat customers, right? <laughs> Exactly. Find a need, fill a need. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think that's so awesome that you were able to fill the need within your clan group. Now, I didn't even realize that it started out just as a clan with a need for resources around lost sectors. I think that that's so neat that you guys were able to build something so cool from that idea and from that origin. Yeah, I think I've, over the years, I've worked with a few different kind of digital communities and stuff like that. So I knew about some of the basics of building communities and those kind of things and, and Twitter presences and stuff like that. So my initial idea was that I put something on Twitter that can tweet the information and then I can kind of post that information back in our clan chat. Um, but by virtue of it being on Twitter, it means it's in a public space. So it's there for other people. And it just all kind of, like I mentioned, it's just sort of steamrolled from there, really. That's so cool. You know, I remember when we started the podcast, and it, it kind of started out because, you know, I really enjoyed Fire Team Chat shout-outs to their amazing team. They're no longer doing the podcast, but uh, definitely had some amazing, amazing times enjoying their show. And I was talking about Destiny with my friends. For a very unhealthy amount and then one day I <laughs> asked to be on another podcast and didn't hear back so I decided you know what you know let's let's try something and luckily enough I was able to register the name that I just came up with the destiny show and it was available at that time so I just registered the name in hopes that one day we would make a podcast for the second episode that we had, we had a game developer on. I was like, holy cow. I did not expect for a game developer to agree to be on the podcast for 
our second episode. We were still doing it on Skype. <laughs> we didn't even know about Discord at the time. So it was like very bootstrapped. And it was such an amazing experience. And, and then we had more developers on and just notable community members who gave us that chance, you know, gave us that opportunity. And it just kind of took off from there. And we've been so grateful to, you know, cultivate such an amazing community here around this game that we love to play. We've been doing it since beta as well. So it's been a long journey getting here and uh, getting to meet so many amazing guardians like yourself in the community who do such amazing, amazing things with the game. It's, it's, it's been a crazy journey for, for I mean, for me personally. Um, so these kind of, these tools and these these sites that I used when I used to just, before I did the Lost Sector stuff, kind of just suddenly you find yourself chatting to those guys and like um, Miyago, the guy from D2 Armor Picker, we chat regularly, he's such a nice guy. He's like really sound. Like um, a few months ago, I was over in Germany. Um, unfortunately, I was, I think, I, I think he worked out we were about two or three hours drive away from each other. Which might not sound much to you guys in the in the states, but in kind of like kind of mainland Europe, two or three hours is still a little bit of a drive, especially when we were only there for a few days on vacation. But we were sort of even half hatching plans to kind of meet up and have a coffee, have a beer, um, and I just yeah. And there's all these kind of these people that that you like these content creators that you know, you sort of suddenly find yourself chatting to them on a a slightly different kind of level it, it, it's crazy and it's kind of there's been bits where it's like really hard if i'm honest really hard not to be starstruck and i was working on a, a project with a group of people um a few months ago uh, uh an arg um like a community kind of puzzle sort of augmented sort of thing um, and again miago did some of the code for it and there's a really cool team of people who built it but through mutual contacts they got fallout into to help kind of promote it um, and in one of his podcasts uh, sorry one of his youtube videos there was just like this weird little kind of like interstitial kind of cut scene with a bit of distortion a bit of feedback and this little kind of message flashed up and then it kind of went away again and fallout just sort of went oh that was unusual anyway and carried on and that was like the start of that whole arc um, and then it kind of like that opened up a sort of door and i kind of like occasionally like maybe sort of like chat with um with Fallout or with uh Moira from Destiny the Meme and those kind of people. And it's just it kind of blows my mind that like like I used to kind of you know I followed those people, I watched what they did, I watched all the videos, like they those guys like like Fallout taught me how to do some of those raids through his YouTube guys. And then you, suddenly you find people it's so weird. People talk about you as if you're a content creator and it's kind of I, I mean I joke I, I'm not a content creator I'm at best I'm a content cutting paster um but it's just it's just such a crazy crazy journey crazy point to be at um but it's just amazing how supportive the whole community is like everybody seems to to want to lift lift you up and I kind of I think the the Destiny community has got a bit of a bad rep, and every now and again it goes through like a kind of a really kind of 
cynical, sketchy, kind of slightly bitter sort of period. Um, uh, we kind of, we, I think we're just coming out of one now, aren't we? I, I hope anyway. Um, but by and large, it's such an amazing, amazing community. Sorry, I was a it, waffle. It really there, is. I do apologize. <laughs> no, it, it it really is. Even with the you know bad times that this community has had, I think the Destiny community is probably one of the biggest and best communities for any game out there. I haven't seen a game that's got quite as close a community, quite as engaged a community. And I know that mm-hmm. like there's a lot of esports kind of FPS stuff that have got a big community attached to it. But those kind of competitive games seem to breed quite a competitive community. And it, there's nowhere where it feels quite as inclusive and as nurturing as as, as the Destiny community can at its best. Yep. Yeah, I think it's so awesome how that community comes together and everybody's so supportive and all the great things that the community does for supporting important charities and different things that occur, like the Maui um, disaster that occurred with the fires. So many, so many great ways that the community is so supportive of not only the content creators, but just making a positive difference in the world. And it's, it's really great to see people come together to do great things that help make things a little better for us as guardians, but also the world that we live in. And Quiff, I'm curious now, you have been in the Destiny community since nine years ago when beta came out back in June or July of 2014, been a while. What would you say are some of your favorite moments in Destiny thus far? Oh gosh, that's a tricky one. I suppose there's there's moments that I've enjoyed because you know, like community moments, community events, and then there's moments that have been kind of really significant to me. Um, I suppose getting my first uh, Kingsfall raid clear way back in D1, for example, I was just like. I was inordinately proud of myself for that one. Um, even though that tomb ships jumping, jumping thing was was a minor nightmare back then. Um, but then, yeah, some of the community moments. I, I struggle to remember D1 community moments. There's obviously the, the raid day ones, and I watched a, a couple of those back then, but I wasn't quite as engaged with that side of things by then but certainly with d2 there's yeah you've got the whole dead ones but i really liked some of this you know some of the kind of crazy fun things that have come out of things being slightly broken so the laser tag in the crucible with the fusions uh, their trace rifles for example that was that was quite hilarious the um the nightfalls when you could do the uh, the six man kind of clown car nightfall. <laughs> I love doing that. I just we spent a long time myself and sort of some of our clan like six manning because I think the nightfall. I think pretty sure it was like fall and saber that was around at that. Yeah, for, for that. that one. So we we ran that kind of like master fall and saber with six of them like dozens of times. It was it was so funny. It was just stupid, you know. You would you would just that clear a room so in seconds. Fun. It was so busted, but it was kind of. You, I totally understood why why they had to fix that very very quickly. But at the same time, 
I kind of wish they'd put that back in every now and again because just overmanning things was was really really good fun. When you've got something that's not, because I, I think at the time they were about to launch GMs and they wanted that launch to be like creating kind of really significant and flagship. They were their kind of flagship endgame, so they needed to stop that six month activity. But um, it's such a shame they couldn't kind of bring it back in every now and again for what for things that weren't necessarily quite so prestige or quite so flagship. Just you not know, just. Let's all take too many people in. It'll be good fun. <laughs> and then I suppose the other one was just um, the thing where the uh, the ship crashed into the tower and everybody was kind of just stood in the tower. Like we managed to, I think we managed to get about 20 people from our clan into the tower through one thing or another. And we were in there for about two hours waiting for that thing. It was hilarious. There was just nothing else to do. We were just stood watching this thing in the sky. Everybody's going, is it getting bigger? Is it getting bigger? Oh, it's not getting bigger. No, no, it is getting bigger. And we were just chatting and hanging out. And it was probably one of those times when you you sit there and you just chat to the clan, to your clan members, about stuff that's not just trying to complete a raid or trying to do a GM or something. Uh, we were just, just, just chatting about nonsense while we were waiting for this bloody thing in the sky to get fractionally, fractionally bigger. So that was... And by, by the time it actually did crash, it was like... It had almost become a meme by at that point by how long we'd been waiting around. It was it was just really funny. I did like I like that time. That was funny. Yeah, I, I remember that time and you know, we were just not really sure what was happening. We just knew something was about to happen in the sky and we're like, we think something moved, but we're not sure. <laughs> we we think we're making progress. There's something happening, we know. And after several hours, it's like, oh shit shit's going down <laughs> and it was such a cool experience to really see everybody together everybody on the clan roster everybody in the friends list like everybody in the community came together in such a cool way to experience that this thing that Bungie built and i i have to agree with you i love i love the moments in, in destiny where one people come together in such a cool way i still remember niobe labs when like Everybody was trying to solve this like complex puzzle. They they made these discords around people trying to figure out how do we solve this? And it was just such a cool experience. And then the other thing is just the experiences that you're not supposed to have in the game tend to be the most fun. Like whether it be doing Crota's End and there's like this thing all the way up top where you despawn the ads. And to see everybody try to jump all the way up there. And then we finally get it. And these are just some of these unintended moments that create for such a fun experience in, in Destiny that you can't really recreate. You know, like when King's Fall, uh, when Crota's End comes back, like we're not going to have that experience. But these are moments that are so, so special as part of our history in, in this game. And now, Quiff, I, I got to ask you, on the topic of raids, we got one coming back, Crota's End, and I'm, I'm curious, what is your favorite raid in the history of Destiny of all the raids that you've played? Ooh, that is a tough one. Um, I think I'm a big fan of Wrath. I, I like almost all of them. Um, but I think when Wrath came out 
there'd been a few very mechanic heavy raids um, and I'm a big fan of just shooting things in the face in a game I hasten to add um, and when Wrath came out it was a really good balance of mechanics and um, just shooting stuff in the face it felt like the the opening encounter with the oh, not not quite the only one but the, that sort of one where you drop down into that that space I can't remember the boss's name but there's like the rooms on each side and you have to kind of shoot and then you have to run into the right room and not get nuked um i really loved that that balance of just like add density and shooting everything and then having to kind of actually start thinking about mazes and puzzles and mechanics or yeah wrath was really good i mean visually the aesthetics of it, it was beautiful the whole siva thing obviously everybody loves siva um but yeah pro probably wrath uh, in d2 po possibly i don't know Controversially, probably Garden, just because it's too long. It's a bit of a pain, but I spent a long time in that raid when I first joined my current my kind of clan. Um, so they sherped me through that. So I've got some really kind of fond memories of playing Garden with, with that team and learning the ins and outs of that one, and then doing all the challenges, and then um, really bonding around the different challenges within that raid apart from the uh, stop hitting yourself challenge i don't know if you remember that one the one where i think you have to kill vet you have to kill vex using disappearing platforms rather than actually shoot them and uh, it's insane there was no visual feedback to tell you how many you'd killed how well you were doing and you have to kill a certain number and it was just crazy and we were at that for ages and things kept going wrong and and it was really funny because like the we were all getting a little bit tense and things were starting to get a bit kind of frayed around the edges. But when we did it, it was like, holy shit. It was such a relief. The pressure was, the pressure was gone. It was such a good feeling. Um, so even though I haven't been back into garden for the longest time, um, I'll be honest, probably won't unless they add craftable weapons to it. Uh, I, I did like garden. I liked the time I spent in it. But I think Wrath is probably my favourite, hands down, in terms of just playing the thing. I definitely have to agree with you on that. I think Wrath was one of my favourites as well. Although, I will say Vault of Glass will always hold a special place for me, being the very first raid. Um, but I definitely really loved Wrath. And I gotta ask, were you guys both a little, little disappointed that the raid that reprised was not Wrath of the Machine? I personally, I don't have any attachment to Wrath. I only ran it like a couple times in in D one, um, so I I was really up for you know whatever raid they wanted to throw at us. Yeah, Coldeath yeah. was like, just give give us a raid, just anything, <laughs> please, just any any new raid, any returning raid, we got this. Yep. Yeah, love that. I, I, I suppose I was a little bit, um, not overly. I mean. It was so long ago since I played either of either of the two Wrath or Crota. Um but when the when I kind of caught a couple of the leaks, I try and avoid them. But if I see them, I see them. I don't worry too much. But I kind of caught one of the leaks that said it was like ninety nine percent sure it was going to be Crota, and I was just okay, yeah, fine, that'll be good, that'll be fun. I'm a little bit disappointed because my memory of Crota is that it was so short, um, and I think the uh, Root of Nightmares got a little bit 
a criticism for being one of the one of the easier raids. And I completely understand why they made it like that. They wanted easy and hard raids for people, and they, they wanted to fill in a little space at the easier end for people to get through. Um, but I thought, my first thoughts were, were was, is Crota going to be a little bit like that? But then, I don't know, I'll see what, like, when they reprise the raid, they mix it up a little bit. They add in a couple of new mechanics. They, like, when they brought Vogue back, they changed one of the encounters. They had a few champions. They'll probably add some tormentors or whatever the uh, the new ones are called into that as well. So I just, uh, yeah, interesting, interesting. I kind of would have liked Wrath, but I think I, I read some stuff around in order to bring back Wrath, they'd have to kind of completely recode and rework the whole SIVA particle effects and all that kind of stuff. And they're not going to do that just just for one raid, whereas for for Crota, they've got everything they need to make Crota. They've got the lamp mechanics already down from the light blade. Um, they've got armor with bits sticking out of the glows, like from the solstice events. Um, they've got most of what they already need as the foundations of that. I'm probably doing a massive disservice, grossly oversimplifying what's required to bring that raid back. back but <laughs> yeah, it doesn't surprise me that it's Crota, to be fair. We're in knee-deep in Hive territory, aren't we, at the moment with the storylines? So thematically, it kind of fits as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think in terms of storyline, it definitely makes sense that Kuroda would come back. I'm going to tell you guys, I did not look at any of the spoilers. I wanted to, you know, go in pretty much without real knowledge of what was coming. And I was speculating that, you know, it was going to be Crota, but I wasn't sure. But uh, definitely nice to see Crota's end come back. To me, it was, you know, a shorty but a goody. You know, I, I really enjoyed Crota's end as a raid. I remember two-manning it and doing all the encounters both back in the original day with uh, the witch, the the second expansion, the Dark Below, and then also during Rise of Iron when it was brought back in Destiny right at the end. So it was really fun to experience it back then, and I'm excited to see where the new raid will bring us next in terms of the storyline, but also how are they going to make it different? Are they going to change things up a bit and make it a little bit different throw some curveballs at us so it's going to be really interesting to see what bungie does with the raid that comes on friday yeah i'm I'm excited to see how they've updated the the encounters i haven't read any any of the information that has come out about it so i'm just waiting to see people run it so speaking of information I just got word yesterday that something happened and apparently there were some leaks. I I don't know personally. I did not look at any of the leaks, but I hear that the challenges for the Crota's End raid leaked out. Do you guys know about that? Um, the challenges that leaked out are just the challenges for the title. They're not the actual challenges that you'll have to do uh, to complete the day one. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, I guess that stuff's already in the API then, isn't it? Yeah. And now uh, I'm curious, Quiff, you know, you're you're the mastermind behind Destiny 2 Lost Sector. I'm sure there's got to be some API stuff involved there. 
Do you oh, get a chance to yes. play around with the API much? Like, what what does that even look like? Is it just a string of codes? Is, is do you see Sabathun somewhere in there controlling? <laughs> you know how we play. Like, how does that even look like? Oh, I'm a I'm a, a mere beginner when it comes to the API. I kind of do dabble with it. I've dabbled with it for a few different things outside of Lost Sector Report. Um, but most of the uh, most of the the kind of gory. API stuff that we do is um, handled by Moons for, for the for the bot uh, and Max for the website. I it, it's how to describe it. It's basically a, a URL that you pass some information to, and it spits some information back in a certain structure, and then you just have to pass that chunk of information to pull out the relevant bits. It's a little bit more complicated because the API is structured in such a way as there's so many different pieces to it that in order to get, in order to recreate the view of something that you might see on screen, you might have to make 47 different calls and pass information from one to another to retrieve another bit of information. And it can get a little bit spaghetti. Um, but there is a, there's actually a Discord server that a lot of the third party tool developers are in. And there's a few Bungie API devs in there as well, and they kind of chat and work through stuff. So, yeah, Bungie do give the uh, the third party devs a little bit of support on that one, albeit informally. But I think it's a nice feedback loop as well. It gives the devs, uh, gives the third party devs opportunity to feedback to Bungie devs about certain bits of information that isn't missing or can't be easily retrieved or isn't reliable when you do retrieve it. So there's yeah, it's a nice little Discord server. I kind of lurk in there a little bit, but because I'm not the uh, the kind of coder of, of our, like one of the coders of our team as such, I do feel like a little bit of a of a bystander in that Discord. I just watch. I watch other very, very intelligent people having very intelligent looking <laughs> conversations, and I kind of just yeah, okay, cool, okay. I kind of get the gist of some of it, but I'm glad it's not me that has to do that. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I've I've seen some people talk API and and technical stuff like that, and I'm like, it it looks like you're speaking Greek. I have I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, no, totally, totally. Like I said, I kind of I get I get the principles, but um, oh, God bless Moons, he's like such a patient guy. I'm constantly saying to him, like when you'll say say, oh, I've got an idea for a new feature, we'll do this and this and i'm like can you describe that like i'm a six-year-old <laughs> uh, ah now i understand yeah do it do it sounds amazing do it <laughs> so yeah like that i'm just glad i have some very smart very competent people around me <laughs> cover my ass basically <laughs> it's me every day so great to have such smart intelligent people around us and to answer questions and help out and really make things work, you know, because otherwise yep. it would be really tough. Uh, I remember we had a similar thing with our, with our clan features that I had to ping our developer uh, contact and he was like, Oh yeah, this, this code, this happened. And I was like, what are, what are you talking about? This sounds Greek. I'm not even sure what you're talking about. So always great to have smart people on your side to help navigate these complex topics for sure. So, Quiff, uh, I'm curious. You are the lost sector report god, and I'm curious, 
for you, what was the hardest lost sector in Destiny that you had to complete? Um, it's interesting. So, every, like, I, I I see a lot of community feedback about lost sectors because obviously, whenever we post, <laughs> whenever we post that it's one of the moon lost sectors, the replies are just full of people going, "Oh my God, Bungie." get rid of the moon ones like everybody hates the moon ones now when they first came out they were pretty terrible um they were longer than any other lost sector had been around at the time um at least two of them had gated rooms that you had to clear before you could move on to the next bit so you couldn't just kind of speed run through it for example um and the boss rooms typically were a little bit horrific so moon ones for a good long time were were the the terrible ones but then life all happened and neo muna got three lost sectors two of which are also pretty horrible <laughs> <laughs> the um the gilded uh, i'm just going to check my notes now i can't remember what they're called off rookie mistake isn't it um gilded precepts was like the first one on Neomuna that came up and i was just looking at my stats for that earlier and i suppose it's quite telling that i've run that lost sector six times four legend and two master now if you compare that to let me just have a look bunker e15 for example which i've done 114 times you <laughs> might be getting a feel for how i regard gilded precept but that's nothing because like that's nothing compared to uh, hydroponics that is terrible it's it's absolutely fine. The, the first couple of rooms, they're a little bit hairy. You kind of have to do a little hiding doorways and peeking and stuff. Um, and the waves seem to never end. But it's usually not too bad to get through to the boss room. But, dear God, the boss room is crazy. There's like there's a couple of cheese spots up on top of the, the stacks where you can kind of hide and just shoot down. But if you if you fluff your jumps getting up there in the first place, you've then got to navigate this really small space. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at full of champions and the boss and loads of ads and you've got to kind of like jump up on top of plant pots on top of bookshelves on top of bookcases and and you're super super exposed to even get into the cheese spot so i'm looking at my stats for hydroponics delta and i've done that four times one legend and three master which i'm actually quite surprised i've done that many master to be honest um i did solo flawless that one because I'm a completist and I want to kind of check off the triumphs. But yeah, Hydroponics Delta is one I would happily never, ever go in again. Just that boss room is a killer. The moon ones are actually fairly straightforward. Now, I wasn't looking forward to going into Revelation yesterday, but it's actually not too bad. Um, I remember it, my memory of it from when it first came, which is a really long sector, and you have to clear out those different plates before you kind of can uh, start the boss. Uh, and that was always uh, always took far too long. But yeah, it's kind of it wasn't as bad as I as I remember. 
actually quite enjoyed that <laughs> yeah no for sure what about you cold death what was what was the challenging lost sector for you that just kind of kept you stuck um i i would agree that it's the the lightfall lost sectors just because of how little area you have to navigate and just how they're they're set up um they're definitely some of the most challenging ones yeah i i I think i think one of the really challenging ones for me was on sabathun's throne world where i tried to do it solo but man it it kicked me i couldn't do it and maybe it was the builds that i had you know maybe it was the loadouts that I had equipped. I'm, I've been working on improving my loadouts because I got all of my exotics now, thankfully to the um, Vex incursions, because luckily those Vex incursions make it simple to get your exotics. Before that, my RNG was so bad. I, I was running lost sectors and couldn't get the exotic, couldn't do it. So I was missing quite a few at the start of last season. And then finally, I ended up finding out about the Vex uh, incursions that were happening. And I think within the span of like two weeks, I went from like missing 25 exotics to missing like five. So I spent a lot of time just waiting around for that Vex incursion to happen. And then finally, I was able to get my exotic bread so definitely want to go in and do some master lost sectors especially to get my paragon title i don't know if you guys have been trying to go for that good good um but i can tell you that i really want to maybe this season i might try to get rank 11 but the dungeon man the dungeon's gonna kick my butt but i'm hopeful i'm definitely hopeful and Cold Death, I'm I'm curious, how high of a rank have you achieved in uh, Guardian ranks since they introduced the new mechanic? I actually never go past rank eight, just because only thing I have left to do in that one is three Lightfall missions for a hundred k and. To me, the guardian ranks don't really mean anything, so I don't really focus on them too much. Yeah, I can I can relate to that. I didn't really care so much about the guardian ranks. I think I got to rank nine, and the only reason I got to rank nine is because I was missing the exotics that you needed to get from that, uh, or you needed like twenty five exotic. Um, uh, catalysts completed and I play fairly casually. I don't really chase after all of the catalysts in the game. So I think I had like 10 or 12 that I had to do. And then thinking that to get to rank 11, I had to do master lost sectors and do a solo dungeon that was going to kick my butt. So I definitely, um, opted to you know wait for the right time to do that so tbd maybe this season it might change because 
I don't know about you guys, but Season of the Witch, man, it's shaping up to be an amazing season in Destiny. I mean, we have Eris Morin coming back, one of my favorite characters in the game, and the seasonal activities that are back. So it's, it might push me to try to get my Paragon title, maybe, maybe this season, TBD on that. I will keep y'all posted. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm curious. Um, has anything like seriously gone wrong during your time of uh, building Destiny Two Lost Sector Report, Quiff? Where you were just like, I can't do this anymore. I I got to take a break. Um, no, not really. Um, I was <laughs> I was chatting about this with Anch before. I was kind of like, like, has this has this gone okay for us? Could you remember anything? Um, but no, I think we we've been really lucky so far. We've had no kind of no major dramas, no major kind of technical kind of messes. Um, the worst that we've had is like if a, a tweet's gone out or a Discord bot post has gone out with the wrong information on. It's like that's oh, fine. We'll just do a correction. Um, no, we. We've been very lucky so far. Uh, we've had no major messes like that. Um, and in terms of the uh, <laughs> the general kind of stress levels required to keep the thing ticking over, most of the time it sort of looks after itself. It's only, the, uh, like I mentioned before, it's only at the start of a season where we have to spend um, a couple of weeks logging in a reset each day and tracking and writing down information and scheduling everything then once that sequence has started to repeat which is usually um around 11 days so by about the 12th 13th day we know this pattern we can kind of extrapolate it after the rest of the season and then it just sort of ticks over every now and again um bungee pull a trick and if there was one I think probably a little, a little while ago now, maybe three or four seasons ago, where one of the lost sectors was bugged. So they swapped it out for a couple of days and then brought it back in. And that completely changed the sequence. So we had to re kind of work all our, all our spreadsheets, all our tables and stuff. But um, it, as I said, it sounds very dramatic, but it's like it's an hour's work. It's um, So yeah, it's not been too bad. And I think even though even though we have quite a big kind of Twitter following, you know, the bots installed on sort of 4,000 plus Discord servers, there's a, there's a good kind of user base there for our stuff. We're not mission critical. It's not like if we don't do a thing or we do the wrong thing, it stops anybody playing the game. It's just one aspect of it. So I think people cut us a little bit of slack, um, which is, we appreciate that immensely because even though like i mentioned earlier as well even though i want this thing to look very professional and to run my clockwork and i want it to be smooth and give the best experience and the right information at the right time for everyone kind of you make the odd mistake here and there um and it's nice that our kind of community is so accommodating of those mistakes they're kind of within we we kind of joke about it together i suppose yeah, no, I can, I can definitely relate with uh, posting stuff on Twitter that may not be as accurate. And I, I go back and I'm like, can I edit this? And sometimes mm-hmm. you can't. And uh, I, I don't have automations with with our Twitter, so I end up 
spending a considerable amount of time normally on a Sunday <laughs> scheduling out our post and then hopefully things work fine. But then this past week has been pretty eventful. Lots of new information coming all the time. So definitely yeah, you, didn't give us a chance to really schedule things out. You've been out. pretty active this week, haven't you? I've, I've noticed you're, you've been pretty I'm active. trying, trying. During the news and I, stuff. Yeah. No sleep. Uh, yeah. I think the worst thing for me is that I'm I'm pretty terrible at proofreading and make a lot of spelling mistakes. I kind of type quite quickly. <laughs> um, on on mobile devices, I rely heavily on autocorrect fixing my mistakes. Um, yeah. Which yeah, that, that that works exactly as well as you'd expect. Um, <laughs> and then on on desktop, I kind of don't even have that luxury as much. Um, so stuff that gets manually tweeted is occasionally deleted and retweeted with the typos fixed. <laughs> or occasionally just not because I didn't even realize there was a typo because I didn't proofread it properly. So yeah, I kind of type a little bit too fast for my own good. The automated stuff, there's a little bit more rigor around that. I kind of check that stuff and, and it's also heavily template-based that once you've spelt it right the first time, it's never going to go wrong. But yeah, it's the manual side of it's prone to the old typo here and there. definitely can relate to that so um, i'm curious what do you do when you're not on twitter or building the bot or engaging with your clans like what do you what do you do outside of your hobby with destiny Ooh, well i suppose the the obvious answer is that i'm a, a dad <laughs> i got a young child so that takes up a lot of time um but yeah i mean beyond that i I'm a, I, I'm really into music. I kind of like going to a lot of gigs and going clubbing. Um, I'm quite into um, football, to soccer. Um, I follow a, how can I describe this? A below average German football team for really random reasons. Um, and I found a few people in, uh, in the city where I live in, in Manchester, who also happen to support this kind of below average German football team um, and we decided to create a supporters club for it and then we get together every few weeks and we watch the game on TV in a pub in the centre of town um, so that's kind of there's a little kind of community built up around that one it's kind of nice uh, my, my girlfriend laughs like she says like you've always got a project or you've always got something on the go that's taking up any spare attention you have so, so yeah, kind of yeah. There's a kind of gigs, clubs, uh, music, and football, which sounds very basic when I put it like that. But love that. And what what's your favorite kind of music? Oh gosh, um, it's varied, varied. I tend to like music that's slightly left field, I suppose. Like be broadly term it as alternative music but within that I could be like guitar bands or it could be like electronic music so I like a lot of old 80s um, indie bands um, so I, I'm, in Manchester I'm blessed with the, being in the same city as a lot of really cool bands came from so bands like Joy Division New Order um, band called The Chameleons a bit less known um, also just up the road kind of like maybe about 40 miles up the motorways is Leeds Leeds had a really cool kind of 80s guitar band kind of scene as well 
So there's a load of really good music from around that time, um, as well as bands like The Pixies, uh, Smiths, Cure, Bunny Men. Um, but I also really like electronic music, so a lot of EDM, a lot of uh, electronica, ambient, abstracty, kind of Apex Twin, um, a band from Sheffield called Orteca, who were absolutely incredible for a few years, like one of my favourite bands for about five years. Everything they did was just astonishing. Um, yeah, it's quite it's quite varied, but I suppose it's it's not none of it is probably what you'd call pop music. <laughs> Very cool. And Coldoth, what about you? I know you're you're pretty big into music. Oh yeah, my um, people always say that they get whiplash when listening to music with me because I can go from the heavy metal of uh slipknot or um something in 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 that realm but then i can flip and the next song is country and then you, you throw a little bit of edm in there throw a little bit of 80s in there <clears throat> my my playlist is just filled with a yeah. bunch of wild stuff i love that i i i, I recognize the Whiplash thing as well. I um, <laughs> so me and a couple of friends we used to. Um, I don't know. Are you are you familiar with a a UK DJ called John Peel from the kind of he was DJ from the sixties I think through to the kind of two thousands, but he was a, a kind of cult radio DJ. He was on uh, Radio One, like the the national kind of BBC radio station, uh, but he had this kind of slot in the early hours of the morning where he would play the most random left field obscure records <laughs> ever and he got this cult following and he became i suppose he was probably like one of the first influencers when it came to music like that um but i i love listening to john peel's stuff and to the point where my music tastes were pretty eclectic but i used to really look for these kind of threads and i used to like um taking people on these kind of journeys through stuff so it's like you like this song yeah yeah okay well listen to this song because that band were influenced by this band and then you listen to that and you go, and the guitarist from that band was went on to form this band. So listen to that one. And you can kind of and then <laughs> these guys sampled that band. So you see that that snare drum? That's the snare drum from that. And just and you just go on these kind of crazy musical journeys through all kinds of crazy stuff. So yeah, yep. I kinda I love doing stuff like that. I can get a little bit anarchic if you hadn't guessed what. <laughs> <laughs> and I gotta ask, your journey has brought you here almost 10 years in the making. And I'm curious, what is next for you in your journey, having created such an awesome community around Destiny 2 and Lost Sectors and your bot and the website? What's, what's on the horizon for you in your journey as we get closer to the final shape? Uh, it's such a big question. Um, I don't know. The... Our whole premise is built around, you know, our whole branding, everything about it is built on one facet of that game. And we've always kind of like, we've always had that kind of sort of conversation at the back of our minds, like, what happens if Bungie phase out Lost Sectors? What happens if they're not, not like, what happens if they're not the source for exotics? What if the demand for our thing goes away or the thing itself that we we talk about goes away what do we do and honestly i've got no idea um we've kind of 
built a community and like you say we kind of got the the twitter following we've got the community in discord and we've got smaller communities on some of the other newer platforms as well um i would hope whatever happened next um they would come with us um, i think some of some of our community they just like kind of being part of that community i hope <laughs> um some of the community come to us because we can kind of give them a service and that's absolutely fine um if if that service were to go away i would hope we could find something else for them i don't know um yeah honestly not sure i think i'm just kind of going to ride this wave while we can and see what happens next <laughs> when uh when they announced uh when bungie sorry when bungie announced marathon Everybody who worked in any kind of third-party apps and websites registered a marathon-related domain just on the off chance that they would end up having to transfer over onto the mar- onto marathon, that that game might have an ecosystem with APIs and things to talk about on a regular basis. So so there's a lot of people kind of like hedging the bets with marathon, which is quite interesting. Um, so I'm sort of not sure if that's going to be a thing. Yeah, no, I can I can relate, and we're we're planning a little podcast. Spoiler alert! <laughs> but uh, we're we're TBD. We will be making some more announcements about that soon. Um, but definitely exciting to see what the future holds in Destiny Two with the final shape and everything that you're doing as a community, as a service for the Guardians, and I. I'm confident that great things are on the horizon for us. And yes, Jadine, the des- the marathon show, absolutely. So we're we're gonna talk about that in a different at a different time, different venue. But we're excited to definitely go on this amazing journey as Bungie fans and as players. And I, I forgot to ask you one thing. And on the topic of Bungie. Are you a Halo fan? And if so, what was your favorite Halo game? Friends from college used to do like the land parties and that whole thing. So I knew of Master Chief. I didn't. I'd never played the game. Uh, when we got together, we, she was kind of talking about the reason we got an Xbox was because she used to play Halo and she kind of quite fancied playing some of those kind of, some of the Xbox games. Uh, some of the games are exclusive to Xbox, I'd say. Um, so she, I, I figured I'd, I'd take the plunge and I'd check out this Halo thing. So I bought the newest Halo game that there was at the time um, and it happened to be Halo Reach. And I was like, it's a beautiful, really enjoyable game. Loved it. But it had no, or next to no Master Chief in it. I was like, what? What is all this Master Chief thing? Because I've got this Halo world in front of me now and there's no Master Chief. I was very confused. Um, but yeah, I really loved Halo. I, very PvE focused. So Halo Reach was amazing. I never really dabbled into the kind of PvP aspect of it. But yeah, I really liked Halo Reach. Um, and then I bought four when that came out. And then they brought the remastered collection with one, two, and three. So, what is my favorite? It's hard to say. I think it's Reach because that was my first 
exposure to that kind of world. Um, I really did like the story of four, um, which I think is quite contentious. I think four was, I think four divided kind of opinion a little bit, didn't it? Um, pro yeah, probably reach or four, even though kind of one, two and three, when you're playing them, you know, you've got that iconic music and you get a sense of history playing them. You can tell that the thing that you're playing right now shaped generations of gamers and was massive. But because I wasn't there at that time, I sort of lost a little bit of that sort of resonance. But they're good. They're good. But I think I just really enjoyed Reach because that was my first one. Absolutely. And, you know, I can, I can relate to that because Destiny was the game that originally started from me playing Halo Reach. And that was like my first introduction into the Bungie universe. And man, I still remember playing firefights and so many awesome experiences. I think that was like my first time diving into PvP and such, such a fun experience playing through all that and um, made me a huge fan of the Bungie studios and everything that they brought. And then I had a chance to kind of play through the Master Chief collection to go back to all of the original games. But still, I would say Halo Reach, it holds a special place for me. There's just something like from, from, the, from the offset, when you hit that ground and you've got the rest of your squad kind of chatting to you and they're kind of you're running down that hill into the the camp it just it just drags you straight in doesn't it? it you're just there it really hooks you very very yep. quickly it's such a cool opening it was a very well uh, very well done campaign for the for halo Reach. yeah no for sure and cold out i'm curious what's your favorite halo game um for me it's gonna be halo 2 but only because of how I got Halo 2. So I I played, I, I've been playing Halo since Halo 1 came out. And when Halo 2 was set to release, um, me and a bunch of friends went to the midnight release at the mall. And it wasn't just all of us standing in line. Like they had, TVs and couches all like and stations set up where you could play the game and it was just a big party and it was so much fun how they did the the midnight release for it that that particular game not just for the game but it it just holds a special place that I I just love that that event they did Yeah, I remember. I remember that midnight release, and I still have that poster from that. Such a good time. <laughs> Such a great time. And now I'm curious. This past week was pretty eventful. We had, we got some pretty fun stuff as Destiny fans with the showcase for season 22 and the final shape. And I'm curious for both of you, what did you both think about the showcase? And did you have anything that really stood out for you as a guardian? Um, I don't know. Um, the the new uh, 
enemy unit types. I forget the name. Um, the stasis and strand ones. That looks interesting. I was a little bit disappointed because there's been a um, there's a running joke in our clan. Uh, our, found, our, our clan founder um, is obsessed with the idea of unstoppable wyverns, which oh like, god, yeah, I know. And then <laughs> overload, overload screams teleporting to that ear. It's like, oh, you're a bad man. Stop it. Don't give my ideas. But because um, like each enemy race has got like these different units and they've each got two types of champions and vex don't have unstoppables and um the the the, the scorn don't have overloads um or did i or did i make that one up um, but yeah just the idea of unstoppable wyverns has just been going around our clan for months now <laughs> and I was just, I was so hoping for Benji's sake, I was hoping for his sake that it, they would be announcing these, they'd fill in the gaps for the different champion types for the different enemy races, because I thought that would just be hilarious. It would be so broken and it would be horrible, but it would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. I'm looking forward to the tower. Um, I don't know what it's going to be like as a place space, whether it's going to be you sort of run through it on the way to somewhere else, whether there's going to be all kinds of hidden corridors and stuff in there, but... It's. It was nice to see that in the video, albeit a, a kind of overgrown plant vegetation kind of version of it. And, uh, it did. Make, it actually. I. I mean. I pre-order anyway. I'm. I'm an addict. I'm bought into the whole franchise, hook, line, and sinker. So I always pre-order, but I. I don't usually buy the collector's edition. Um. I usually just buy the uh, one with the the annual and season pass stuff. But for that one, when I saw the tower, I was like, Do you know what? It's the last DLC. It's got the tower. The tower's so iconic. So I, I pre-ordered the collector's edition with the with the tower. So I got the credit card out and did the thing and then did that thing. <laughs> you know when you do like a spare of the moment credit card decision and you watch it great afterwards? I kind of yep. went through that kind of cycle. So every year, bro. Every <laughs> single year. The collector's edition this year is so awesome. And I I it it really is a piece that I think for the major destiny fans it's something that we all want um and it looks like they put a ton of time into making that with magnetic locks and the lights and all that and it's definitely something i'm i'm hoping to to pick up eventually yeah i i i I'd done the credit card thing before i even realized it had any of that with it i'll just read that afterwards i was like oh thank god that kind of starts to justify the money i've spent that's good <laughs> I'm I'm curious. How was the shipping for you? Because you're you're international, so um, how bad was that? <laughs> oh, do you know off the top of my head, I can't remember. It was from uh, Bungie Store EU. Quick, do not want to look. It was like I'm just yeah. going to yeah, 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 yeah. Surprised. Yeah. <laughs> in, not for, really know. in for a penny. In for a penny. But no, the the, the it was shipping from the the EU Bungie Store. So it's a lot less horrific than if it was shipping from the US. But at the same time, oh, Bungie, yeah. Bungie EU shipping is always, I don't know, it, it's not cheap anyway. I think it was, off the top of my head, I want to say it was like $30 or 30 euros or something like that. But I'm uh, maybe misremembering. I'm going to have to go and check my order history now. If you hear a scream, it's because I'm just being high. I, I thought it was going to be like $200 for shipping. I'm not saying it's not right now. Let me just go and look. <laughs> I'll get back to you on that. We will find out. So, oh, Guardians, oh. we got a couple more things to talk about. 
we're gonna real quick dive into it because I know we're just talking about so many great things here on the show. We have the Destiny 2 showcase, and Bungie talked about a number of things during the showcase relating to the final shape. The big one that I want to kind of dive into with both of you is the legendary campaign. Bungie promised us a linear experience that we haven't really had before as we dive into the pale heart in the depth of the traveler. So I'm curious, what do you both think about this narrative change with going into a more linear story in the final chapter of the light versus dark saga? I personally think it, it makes a, a great way to end it. And I, I like to see them trying different things to see what works, what doesn't. And, and they're taking chances. It's, you know, it's the 10 years since the first Destiny. And I, I think it's time to shake things up a little bit. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. I'm kind of, I'm just, I tend not to worry too much about that kind of thing. I'm, it's my main game, Baldur on only game. I play it anyway. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, you feel feel those long seasons so moving to that kind of three episodes thing uh, could be interesting uh, it could make it feel a little bit more like the old d1 kind of content routes i'm not sure it depends how they drip feed stuff throughout throughout the episode but uh in terms of the the approach to that kind of campaign yeah it's yeah i think i'd agree it'd be nice to see them mix mixed up a little bit and we're going to talk about episodes. Euros, by the way. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's was, cheaper than that I had to pay. Oh, I was man. pleasantly surprised by that. Okay. Surprised. <laughs> well, maybe I'll have mine shipped to you, and then you know you can ship it to us. Or although that's probably not going to work because that's going to be more expensive shipping from you to us. So yeah, uh, yeah. Brexit, anything coming out of the country is very expensive. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it takes a while, so you know you don't want to wait too long. And of course, we also learned about the new enemy types with the subjugators, who are the masters of stasis. And the way that Bungie described it is these are enemies that will use their powers to slow, freeze, and shatter, forcing their enemies out of cover and making them vulnerable. And those were pretty interesting enemy types. Almost gave me the vibes of uh, the final boss during the uh current raid uh man a root of nightmares with uh nezzy <laughs> so um, i'm curious what do you both think about the subjugators are you excited about that enemy type are you a little nervous about it what, what do you both think it's it's definitely going to be interesting to see to see them in in game and how we counteract them and just how tough they they actually are but I, I think it's going to be fun having having our own. I mean, we we had the hive with the light, so they were, you know, throwing those subclasses at us. Now we got the other two. I think it's it's a great way to sh- to give us a taste of our own medicine in in a way. Yeah, that's a really good way of looking at it. I don't think they'll be enjoyable to play against by any means. Um, <laughs> 
because <laughs> it's kind of like like you're playing the light blade and those two um void uh void hive guardians void light bearers at the other end of that corridor when you first walk in they just they throw those suppressors down the corridor at you and they can one shot you on a gm um, yep. it's gonna be it's gonna be all that frustration that everybody felt in crucible when stasis first came out of getting frozen while they were <laughs> mid activity it's gonna be that but it's going to one-shot you. You're not going to get frozen and then shot. You're going to get one-shot by whatever hits you. It's going to be horrible, and it's going to be great. It's going to be. It's going to mix it up. It's going to. We're going to have to think about yeah. new strats for dealing with them. We're going to have to possibly think about new loadouts, new weapons. Maybe think about some suppression of our own. Yeah, they'll be they'll be fun to learn how to play against, but they won't be f- they won't be that enjoyable. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see what we get with this new enemy type. Looks like it's going to be a challenge, especially as we kick things off in the first chapter of our final stance with the witness. So it's going to be interesting to see how Bungie makes the activities a little bit more difficult and makes these enemies hit harder because I think Bungie's going to definitely make things more challenging from everything they've said in terms of wanting to bring the challenge back into Destiny, as they said during the state of the game. So I'm definitely expecting for those uh, subjugators to hit hard and to give us give us a little bit of a challenge that we haven't had before, especially with the strand and the stasis abilities that they're gonna bring. Yep. I can only imagine them levitating us in the air and being like, yeah, you've been doing it to, to all <laughs> yeah. the ogres. How, how's, how's payback? <laughs> yeah, imagine getting tag-teamed by that. Imagine being suspended in the air and then frozen and then shattered. That's, yeah. Yeah, I'm, like, say, I'm curious if, if we're going to have to face one of each, at, you know, face two of them at a time with both Strand and Stasis and in the Legendary campaign, if if that happens, that's going to be wild to see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's quickly talk about the elephant in the room. Bungie is shaking things up with what we have known as seasons for the longest time since Destiny 2 first came out. And I'm, I'm curious, with episodes coming into Destiny with the final shape, it's going to be a really big shakeup. We know that we're getting three larger content packs filled with stories, filled with new activities to play, new exotics, lots of fun stuff that is changing in Destiny 2. And Bungie did note that the three first episodes will be focused on the consequences and the aftermath of the final shape. It's going to be standalone stories that are set setting the narrative forward and also giving us some new things to experience that are going to be broken down into acts between act one two and three for each of the major um episodes in the final story so i'm curious what do you both think about episodes coming to destiny 2 with the final shape I think a change to the cadence will feel good. Um, I think we're all a little bit jaded from that seasonal model now. It's kind of been going on a long time. And I, I don't think there's anything in 
bad about it. I think it's just been too much of the same for too long. Um, so mixing it up in that respect, I think it's good. My my fear is the yeah. I, th- I think I mentioned it in the last question, but, but my fear is that we may end up feeling a little bit as a content drought because um, we. we yeah. You know what destiny players are like we 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 try and speed run through everything as quick as we can and get get all the exotics get all the titles get all the triumphs finish everything and then we sit there for two months wondering what to do next um my worry is that we'll do exactly we'll, we'll run an episode in exactly the same way and we'll still end up with even longer on the other side um Unless things are time gated, which everybody hates anyway, um, mm-hmm. so I, I don't know. I'm a little bit nervous about it. I, on one hand, I don't even. On one hand, yeah, I, d- I don't even know if it will feel much different. Whether it will just feel like a longer season, because um, those can feel rough towards the end. The uh, the season of plunder felt like it was never going to end by the end of that. Um, so I don't know. I. I I'm hoping the change of pace will feel good and they found a, a storytelling mechanic and a kind of uh, a way of dropping content and activities throughout the episode that, that stops us from just burning through it within the first three days, but without it being time-gated. I don't know how you'd achieve that. I'm not a game designer, and I suppose that's it's like the million-dollar question, how they achieve that. But I, I, Yeah, I, I think that's that's, you know, pretty much... great way to put it i think it'll feel a lot like the seasons that we currently have and my my hope is that they've like you said that they've found a way to have that cadence of of content where yeah you're still going to have the people that burn through it in in a couple days but hopefully and i think it's it almost seems like it's gearing more towards your your average player who you know may may play three or four times a, a week so that that content's lasting the whole se- the whole three months or however long each episode is yeah um i'm personally really excited for a change of pace with mm-hmm. the new uh, model my only hope is that the episodes do not replace expansions completely, where we're not going to get any more major expansions after the final shape. I'm hoping that we do, uh, because, you know, it's always nice to have a more substantial and meatier amount of content that we get to play through as Guardians. So hopefully they don't abandon that. But we, we did learn a few things more about the episodes. We know that it's going to cost a little bit more money. It's going to be 1,500 silver instead of, I believe it's 1,200 right now for seasons. And we are going to get two raids, and we're going to get two dungeons throughout the journey uh, of the year of uh, episodes in the game. So that's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out going into the final shape. And um, they're also giving us a new exotic mission uh, as well with each episode, which is really fun. So that's going to be an interesting thing to play through. Uh, but I'm, I'm curious, do you both think this is going to be the model going forward? Do, do you think we're going to get expansions? 
after the final shape, or is this going to be the new thing that takes over with episodes? I, th um, I don't think we'll get another expansion, not from Destiny 2. Um, I don't know how long they'll carry on with the episode model, because um, obviously in the current sort of current system we, we get a new expansion every 12 months so i don't know what's going to happen 12 months after the final shape um, whether the whole thing will start to wind down whether they'll carry on doing episodes or exp i don't know um i don't think we'll get a new expansion mainly because they've said you know the final shape is the end of the light and dark saga and in my head destiny and destiny 2 are that that saga um, it might be that there is another title they're working on because you kind of like we know that AAA game dev can take like three, five, ten years to come up with a workable title, um, but we know that like they're capable of keep building things without anybody knowing and then springing something on us like oh you're doing marathon right okay, or um, the, the kind of we hear rumors about a couple of other titles that they're working on. So there's this this thing that everybody talks about, Destiny 3. I don't know if it will be a Destiny 3, but it might be a Destiny-like game set in the Destiny universe, even if it's not in our solar system. Um, but I, I don't know. Um, I'm not averse to sort of burning it all down and starting again, getting all the... You know, in the same ways they did after Destiny 1. I know it wasn't really popular, and they just kind of got rid of all our loot. But it's... It's just pixels on a screen. Let me do it again. Um, if it's the fun activity, kind of. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, oh, sorry. Slightly rambling. Short I, answer is I have no idea. Yeah, I I don't I don't foresee them abandoning the the yearly DLCs because they they said that there's a lot more story that they want to tell. Um. So I think whether there's a new DLC or they just continue with episodes going forward rather than a DLC. I, I think it all really depends on where the story goes after the light and dark saga. Um, obviously there's definitely, you know, more places that we could explore, but what's, you know, what's going to happen, what's going to take us to the next big story that that we're gonna dive into yeah because typically towards the end of a season i mean they, they 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 flex and change the storytelling mechanics as they go along down there they've tried different things but typically as we move into the end of a year the storylines start to lead into something new the threat like mm -hmm. any thread been left dangling sort of come back and start getting woven here we've got Savathun back and they, they start pulling these things back together ready for the next thing um so quite what that looks like 12 months after the final shape i have no idea yeah it's gonna be really interesting to see where bungie takes the future of destiny after the final shape and certainly time will tell but i am Definitely excited for the future as a big Destiny fan. 
And uh, it's going to be really exciting to see what Bungie is able to bring us, not only in the final shape, but beyond. So TBD. And we also know a few more things. Uh, we have season 22, of course, out now with the storyline with Eris Morn. And uh, that's really exciting to see Eris and Sabathun come back. So very exciting things there. And I'm curious, have you guys both had a chance to play through Season of the Witch yet? Uh, yes, to a certain extent. I played the main storyline through as far as it will let me before it gives you that kind of gate um which is really fascinating but i haven't had a chance to properly delve into the seasonal activities around that yet so there's still a few bits i want to i kind of don't run a couple of spires and a couple of um altars but nothing to i kind of got really deep into that i don't feel like i've really got the hang of some of those mechanics yet. i've only ever done them like once or twice but but yeah i've kind of done, I've done the story yeah, I've I, I've dived in, dived into it a little a little bit. The spires are a lot of fun, <clears throat> um, bringing more puzzles and and things into running those. And the the card system that they introduced is is really interesting. I think it's a an odd little change up to to what we've been doing. Uh, but so far, I'm the the story. I'm I'm really digging it. The uh, watching Eris change into her hive god form was just crazy awesome to to watch that happen. Definitely, yeah, it was a cool cool scene. Watching Eris come back that was probably a highlight for me. Like that's when. The season was solidified as being awesome when we learned that Eris was going to be the main character in that uh, experience. So I'm very excited to see where the story takes us as we progress during the season. And of course, we do have some seasonal activities that are uh, new in the game, including the Sabathun's um, Spire. And then um, we have a new Crucible map. I haven't had a chance to play through it, but uh, I, I know that many of our clan members had a chance to go through it, and I'm getting some really good feedback about it overall. Yeah, I haven't touched Crucible yet this season, but hoping to uh, maybe dive into some of that a little bit later today. Yeah, I was watching one of the streamers. I think they went into it as a private match just to have a little look around the map and there's a lot of lanes and a lot of ledges and places to fall off so that could be quite good fun <laughs> I'm, I'm notorious for falling off maps so that'll definitely be something I do I think it's probably a good leveler in terms of that Titan dominance like it's going to put my, my goal is that it'll put hunters back up a little bit because hunter jumping is so Wow, it's so instinctive and it's like you press a button you go up you press it again you go up a bit more um and i think the level of control you get with a hunter jump on those kind of maps i think will really let them come out a little bit whereas i know me trying to do that i'll be i'll be plummeting to my doom more often than anything else <laughs> yeah i'm super excited for everything with the new season plus we didn't talk about the exotic missions and 
I'm going to tell you, like, it was really fun to play through the Presage mission again. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I got my Dead Man's Tail and two other Red Borders on my first run. So that was, like, very, very rewarding. Uh, and, of course, we also have the Vox Obscura coming back in addition to um, Seraph Shield. So lots of fun stuff to play through this season. Lots of exciting things on the horizon. And then, of course, we have the day one raid. Crotus End is coming back on September 1st. Guardians, hope you're ready for all of the excitement as we race to the finish line with the new reprised raid with Crotus End. So very exciting times there. And Guardians... One more thing to talk about. We got a twab or a twid or I don't know what they call it anymore. This week Forever at Bungie. Twab. Forever twab. I call it the Bungie <laughs> Weekly Update. So if that tells you, you know, me aging myself in the game, <laughs> I still remember. I still remember Deej, you know. Hi, I'm Deej from Bungie, you know. Good times. So Liana, uh, our awesome community manager from Bungie, was uh, the set piece for this TWAB this week. And they did mention a few things during the TWAB. Uh, Destiny 2 Showcase, uh, we talked about the narrative in the final shape, which is shaping up to be a lot of fun. They did also mention how the raids are going to continue that story narrative beyond the campaign's final mission. So I'm very excited to see raids continue that storyline that is going to further um, give us more fun things to learn as we progress in future seasons of Destiny. And they did also mention that there are going to be episodes coming with uh, Echoes, Revenant, and Heresy. You'll also have access to two new dungeons in year nine is it year nine well technically year seven of destiny 2 right um we're also getting some really cool pre-order bonuses uh, i'm gonna butcher this name but it's a fusion rifle called the tessellation so definitely do make sure to check that out along with the exotic emote ghost and emblem that is available for pre-ordering your copy of the final shape that is out right now for pre-order. And of course, we also have the awesome collector's edition with that replica tower. I think that was a really special way to end a 10-year journey in Destiny, kind of going back to where it all began. And that's the original mm -hmm. tower. So I think that was really cool for Bungie to recreate and make as part of the collector's edition. Uh, Bungie talked about a few other things during this TWAB. They mentioned the Guardians for Maui uh, campaign. Uh, Bungie um, launched a campaign earlier uh, this month to support the wildfires in Maui that affected so many people. Um, so really great to see them make such a big impact. They had sold 12,000 Maui shirts and 3,000 individual emblems. 
and all of the profits from both the shirt and the emblem will go to support direct relief and the efforts to support families that were affected by the tragic wildfires in Maui, Hawaii. So great on Bungie to do that. Absolutely. They did also note between August 17th and September 10th, uh, all of the proceeds from all of the other collectible pins, including the Stand With Asians collectible pin, Be Heard collectible pin, International Women's Day collectible pin, Bungie Pride collectible pin, all of that will go to support the important efforts of um, supporting the direct relief with Maui. And you can head over to Maui, M-A-U-I dot B-N-G-Love dot org to show your support, get some extra rewards, and help make the world a better place over in Hawaii with all of the tragic wildfires there. So definitely do check that out. Uh, Bungie also talked about a few other things here. Um, I guess they're bringing back some cosmetics from past season passes into mm -hmm. the Eververse store. So if you did miss out on getting your uh, Season of the Worthy uh, uh, cosmetic items, they are bringing it back with something called Seasonal Flashbacks that will be made available during weeks four, five, and six. And I'm curious, what do you both think about the cosmetics returning from Season of the Worthy with this new um, way for Bungie to bring these things back? I, I think it's, <clears throat> it, it's great that they're doing that for not only um, players that have play, been playing this whole time that, you know, maybe missed some pieces, but also the new players that maybe just started playing and they don't have a lot of the shaders that shaders and armor that most of us have that have been playing since day one. And I, I think it's great for the new players that are, that are coming in. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, Destiny is the end game. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we, we have a, we, we've actually, we need to get back on that. We used to have a a, a monthly dressed any kind of fashion contest in our server, um, but we've not done that for a little while. I think it was getting a little bit much, and people were struggling to think of a new fashion, a new theme. But um, yeah, dress dressing is amazing. It's it's so good. It's kind of I I I hate gatekeeping. Um, I don't care. I mean, I played it since day one, so I, I've got all those pieces. But I don't care if somebody else gets them who hasn't. It's fine. Let them have it. It's just yeah. I like looking around the tower and seeing loads of guardians who look different. Apart from hunters who always end up looking the same. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, but no, it's just it's really nice just watching a lot. Like when Transmog first came out, suddenly you had a load of better dressed guardians. It was great. It's, it can only be a positive thing. And then Bungie also talked about featured quests um, coming to Destiny 2 with Season of the Witch. Um, this will give players an opportunity to play through some new and returning missions. Uh, players just starting out may only see a single quest at first until more content has been unlocked. And if you've taken some time away from the game, you may only see a few active quests depending on how long uh, they were away from the game. So if you definitely took some time away or if you're new, you do have some new fun things to play through in the game 
and that will be available in the featured quests screen um, on in the director. So definitely do make sure to check that out in the game. Very exciting to see all of that reprise. Uh, Bungie also mentioned uh, three new strand aspects with Titan's Banner of War. For Hunters, they have the Whirling Maelstrom. And then for the Warlocks, they have the Weave Walk. And I'm, I'm curious, what uh, aspect are you all most excited for that Bungie is bringing back with Season 22? I hear good things about the Titan one. Uh, um, uh, even though I'm not a Titan main, the is it the Banner? Something is it uh, called? Yeah. Um, yeah, Banner... I banner of war. Uh, so yeah. I've seen some really broken stuff with that. It looks amazing for DPS and survivability. That that does look good fun. Yeah, and Bungie states after you defeat an enemy with a melee attack, a battle strand standard is woven on the berserker's back. The results the resulting animation pulses slowly to start it gains tempo and extends the life of the battle standard as the player defeats additional enemies. So definitely exciting to, to really check that out and to see how powerful our Titans can be. I'm sure Cold Death is excited about getting into that aspect with Titan. Yeah, I, I just barely put together... or got a build from uh what what site is it from uh mobilytics i i just put together a build from there and haven't had a chance to try it out yet but it looks like a ton of fun mm -hmm. yeah the, the footage i've seen uh, looks kind of crazy i saw um like there's, there's a few speedrunners in the los community and, and one of those guys posted something uh posted a, a, a video of them running the last uh, yesterday's lost sector the k1 revelation in like two and a half minutes or something crazy and it's just like, like i mean even by speed run standards like two minutes in in a k1 it's just crazy and they were uh, <laughs> a, they were a strand titan I, I think they were using the banner um with the uh Using not 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 the new arms, the other exotic arms, the the melee ones. I always forget the name of. Uh, that's the one. Yeah, they were just synthesizing the way through it, but that just absolutely yep. destroyed everything. It looked insane. So that looks yeah, good fun the, to try. The damage resistance you get on top of the um, melee buff that that you get, it's it's insane. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited to unlock the new aspect and to definitely see how powerful they can be, especially as we get into some of the new content that we're going to be playing with Season 22 and with the new exotic missions that are going to be coming back. So definitely exciting to experience that. And on the topic of really difficult things in the game... World's First is coming, Guardian, so I hope you are ready. Uh, Crotus and World's First Race is coming on September 1st. And, of course, the first 
48 hours will bring us contest mode. And Bungie did give us some information about contest mode this year. You will need to be at 1790 power to be at a cap for all the encounters to take the raid on. Clearing the raid with contest mode active is the first step to access the challenge mode in the director and a special superior swordplay triumph with the challenges for each of the encounters will unlock. Bungie noted a few other things regarding that. To complete the superior swordplay triumph, a fire team must complete a curated list of challenges in this challenge mode and claim the triumph to get the world's first title and the awesome championship belt. So definitely get ready, Guardians, because you're gonna. It's gonna be painful. And Bungie also noted to um, enforce the requirements your fire team will wipe if you fail to succeed in the conditions set for any of the encounters with challenge mode. Furthermore, they are increasing the cap of player outgoing damage versus combatants. And also, enemies are going to be tougher, more aggressive, and they're going to have much more, uh, much more challenge and difficulty than we've experienced before. So, curious, are you both going to be trying for that day one or the weekend raid with contest mode with Broda's end? <clears throat> If I can find some people, I, I'll definitely uh, definitely give it a give it a try sometime during the weekend, but not too pressed if I'm if I'm not able to just at least get the week one clear. Definitely. Yeah, I'll probably yeah, do the you, same. Please? Yeah, probably probably the same. Um, I think I'll lurk in and out of a few streams, root for a few friends as they kind of do the challenge mode. Um, I think we're. With King's Fall, I joined a group towards the end of challenge mode because they, I think they were coming back at a checkpoint for, uh, was it a checkpoint? I might not have been. Um, I don't know, they'd been in there for a little while and they were a person short, so I kind of jumped in and tried to help for a little while, but we we didn't complete it. I have I have yet to complete a contest mode, but but I think I'll, I'll, I'll certainly go for a week one, but I'll probably try and get a clear in as soon as possible after challenge mode ends, I think. Yeah, I, th I think I might try it after the podcast, depending on how tired I am, <laughs> or maybe the next day, give it a go, see how it goes. And uh, mostly I'll be kind of like Quip, um, cheering on our team as they go for the world's first. So very excited to see the teams put in their best effort with this returning raid and uh excited to play it you know after after it gets really challenging to see how we can experience the activity i'm hoping there's a raid jacket we don't know but if there is i may have to open my my wallets <laughs> and get that bread so tbd will definitely keep you posted on that and uh one more thing that bungie talked about during this weekly update we have some new emblems coming if you complete either Artist of the Week, Movies of the Week, or if you have the best dressed guardian with their fashion shows. They have the Bell uh, Evoke um, emblem, 
24 FPS and Bellis Galaxius emblems that are going to be available for the winning. So Guardians, keep an eye out for that. And hopefully you get a chance to win one of these new shiny emblems. And Guardians, what an episode. What an amazing conversation. Quiff, thank you so, so much for joining us on The Destiny Show. It was such a blast to invite you on the show and finally learn about your journey. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Of yeah, course. Absolutely. Of course. And we, we do have a tradition on the show before we let you go. We Uh-oh. rate the weekly update <laughs> in the form of spicy tuna rolls between 1 and 10. 1 being stay away, you'll get sick. And 10 being the best spicy tuna roll that money can buy. How would you rate this week's Bungie weekly update? Quiff. I mean, it, it's a good one. It's a good one. There's a lot of good content in there. I'd probably give it a 7. It would maybe lose a, a spicy tuna point purely because... Maybe even two spicy tuna points it would lose purely because um, Anch, our designer, um, submitted a movie of the week and didn't get picked. So it loses points for me. <laughs> purely selfish. Very petty. But, you know... That's fair. <laughs> And Cole, yeah, what about for you? I'd probably say a seven as well. It was definitely solid in the information that it gave us, but it wasn't anything um, mind blowing. So I, I would agree with that. Okay. So I, I think I'm going to be a little bit more uh, generous because, I mean, it's a big week. We got a new major showcase that we just. Uh, had with Bungie. We learned about the future of the game. We got Eris Morn back. Season of the Witch. So many great, great things. So I think I'm going to have to give it an 8.5 out of 10 spicy tuna rolls. I really loved everything that we learned about the final shape. I'm very excited for the future with the episodic um, cadence of content that we'll be getting. I'm excited to fight the subjugators. They're going down. We got this. The pale heart looked really awesome. We learned about the uh, new things with um, Guardians from Maui and all of the efforts that they put forth there with supporting the campaign in such a great way. We also got to learn about the new quest features that are coming in the game. Of course, we have three new strand aspects. Always nice to have more abilities to become legends with. And we learned a little bit more about the world's first race, although I wouldn't call that very exciting updates for me because anything that's more challenging is um, probably taking me further away from being able to complete the activity. So hopefully um, Bungie can experiment and maybe, you know, tone things down a bit. We'll see. And of course, we have the new emblems. So Really good update for me. I would say 8.5 out of 10 spicy funerals. So, Guardians, before we wrap things up, Quiff, where can we learn more about you and everything that you do in the Destiny community? Oh, my stars. Um, D2 Lost Sector Report. Google that. We are bordering on omnipresent at this point, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, 
no um i suppose twitter is probably our primary channel um so at d2 loss sector or our website lostsector.report or d2 lostsector.report both will work um or our discord yeah discord.gg slash d2 lostsector like i say we kind of managed to get in with that that brand name that username everywhere so wherever you search for us we will be there and if we're not come find us and we'll go there <laughs> apart from tumblr this is weird very cool we'll definitely make sure to include all of the details in the show notes for the episode and colda where can we learn more about you and everything that you do my friend uh same same thing just cold death across all platforms i was lucky enough to be able to get that name everywhere so uh mainly twitter uh just dabbling into blue sky now uh threads and hopefully twitch again soon very cool and we did also announce right here on the destiny show each and every week you can find our good friend cold death as our new co-host so congratulations and welcome and guardians thank you so so much for joining us tonight so many great conversations so great to meet the legendary founder behind destiny 2 lost sector report guardians you can find the destiny show podcast wherever you listen to podcasts we're on apple we're on spotify we're on amazon and every major platform you can find us on the web at destinyshow.com. You can find us in the Destiny 2 community at destiny.show slash community. We have an amazing clan where we do Destiny things almost every night of the week. We have a really awesome group of Guardians, so definitely do make sure to check that out. And Guardians, next week we're going to kick off our Guardians for Gold campaign all month of September, we're going to just throw surprises at you each and every week, starting with a very special podcast with the amazing voice actress of Eris Morn. So definitely make sure to tune in for that. Make sure to join us for the world's first race as we fight to the finish line and uh, we are so so excited to be a part of it with twitch rivals this year so definitely do make sure to check that out guardians thank you so much for joining us tonight on the destiny show podcast we had an absolute blast we hope you have an amazing evening we hope you get some bread in destiny to go play some vex incursions get your new exotics play through the new presage mission because you could get the dead man's tail and some really fun red borders from your favorite returning weapons so do check that out guardians thank you so much for joining us live on the destiny show podcast we hope you have an amazing weekend an amazing evening and guardians we will see you star side good night guardians
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.